Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Monday, January 22nd. On this date in 1901, Britain's Queen Victoria died at age 81 after a reign of 63 years. Her great-great-granddaughter, Elizabeth, would eventually break Victoria's record, holding the crown for a full 70 years. On this date in 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Roe v. Wade that women had a constitutional right to abortion, which would be overturned almost 50 years later. For your Morning Out trivia question on this Monday, on this date in 1968, Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In premiered on NBC. In one short skit, they had a U.S. president appear. Can you guess which one? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's get a look at that forecast. And good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovat. A partly cloudy sky today. Temperatures will top out in the upper 50s. Finally, a warming trend after a very cold weekend. A cold start this morning, but warmer this afternoon and not nearly as cold over the upcoming mornings. Tomorrow morning, 46, 58 degrees on Wednesday morning. And we'll be in the 60s for morning starts later this week. High temperature, 67. Tomorrow, more clouds. Very small chance of a shower Tuesday, Wednesday on into the second. Second half of the week may start to see a little bit better rain chance on Friday and Saturday. High temperature starting Wednesday in the 70s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. The state law enforcement division is investigating an officer-involved shooting that left two people hurt in West Ashley, including an officer. The Charleston Police Department was called out to the Walgreens on Ashley River Road around 7 o'clock last night. Officers tell us they found someone with a gun and shots were fired, but they tell us they don't know who fired their gun first. Authorities say one of the two people hurt was an officer. Both were taken to the hospital. Now, that officer's name has not been released, and there's still no word on any arrests or whether any of the officers involved will be put on leave. A family of six was displaced in Charleston after a fire in their home's garage. The Charleston Fire Department and several other fire officials responded to that fire on Sandalwood Drive, and that happened around 4 p.m. yesterday. Now, when they got there, crews say they saw smoke coming from the garage and were able to get that fire under control in about 20 minutes. Luckily, the family was not home at the time. Right now, investigators do believe batteries left charging for a remote-controlled car could have been the cause. A Lowcountry mother is joining the fight against what officials in the nation and here in South Carolina are calling an ongoing opioid epidemic. Our Caitlin Ashbaugh sat, sat down with her and organizations in the Lowcountry trying to curb the problem. The Charleston Police Department reported 224 fentanyl overdoses in 2023 alone, raising a red flag for what they're calling an ongoing opioid epidemic. That number splits into 167 non-fatal overdoses and 57 fatal. It's an issue Lisa Lawrence is calling a, quote, silent killer. Lawrence lost her son to a fentanyl overdose days before Thanksgiving last year. Since his death, she's honored him by advocating for better education and awareness around substance use, addiction, and overdose. Wake Up Carolina, a nonprofit in Mount Pleasant, provides judgment-free access to Narcan distribution, substance testing, support groups, and more. Lawrence says it's her duty now to be the voice for her son and advocate for change. She only hopes more people will join the fight. I don't know what the solution is. And I don't know if there is a solution, but I do know that one of the solutions are awareness and what they call harm reduction. My son didn't get a second chance um, if there had been some Narcan. 
maybe he had would have had a second chance. If you or someone you know needs immediate assistance, you're urged to contact 866-210-1303. Reporting in the newsroom, Caitlin Ashbaugh, Live 5 News. Today, you are invited to celebrate the new North Charleston Fire Chief. At today's pinning ceremony for Joseph Munn, he'll make a pledge to keep his firefighters and community safe. Live Five's Destiny Kennedy joins us live in North Charleston at City Hall. So, Destiny, we know you got a chance to speak with a new fire chief, and how is he feeling about everything today? Katie Shelby, Chief Munns tells me he is grateful for the community support and is excited for this new chapter. He was chosen for the role back in November after the previous fire chief retired. Chief Munns' journey within the North Charleston Fire Department began back in 1984 as a recruit firefighter. He then worked his way up the ranks to become the deputy chief, a position he has held since 2009. Throughout his career, Chief Munn has taken significant steps in fostering a culture of excellence by overseeing numerous critical initiatives, such as taking the department from first aid level to a EMT certified department. Chief Munns is stepping into his role just in time for expansion. He says due to the city's growth, they'll be opening a new station on Highway 61 soon. Today, Mayor Reggie Burgess, the North Charleston City Council, and the Fire Department will welcome Chief Munns into his new position. And a family member will have the honor of pinning him. Chief Munns says his new role is not only about leadership. I was part of the leadership team as a deputy chief, but as the fire chief, it's it's me who will point that direction, who will set us on that path, um, and then they'll look for me to work with them. Um, I don't expect them to follow me down the path. I'm going to be right beside them, and we'll go down that path together. Today's ceremony will start at 11 a.m. in the R. Keith Summey Council Chambers. Reporting live in North Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Looking ahead, this week, Governor Henry McMaster will be delivering his annual State of the State address, outlining some of his top priorities for South Carolina this year. Set for 7 p.m. on Wednesday in Columbia, McMaster is expected to reiterate legislative calls to the General Assembly and possibly unveil some new proposals. Just over two weeks ago, he unveiled the state's budget, highlighting his fiscal priorities. This will be the governor's seventh address, who at the end of his term will have served as the state's chief executive longer than anyone else in state history. Today, Senator Tim Scott and State Superintendent Ellen Weaver are kicking off National School Choice Week right here in Charleston. National School Choice Week runs today through Saturday. The week-long campaign emphasizes the choice for parents to access different K-12 education options for their children. At 10 this morning, Scott and Weaver will meet with students, parents, and teachers at Orange Grove Charter School, and there they'll discuss their support for school choice and their goal to make sure every child has access to a quality education. A new child care option is opening up right here in the Lowcountry today. Palmetto Learning Academy is opening another child care facility today, this one located at Carnes Crossroads. According to Academy officials, the new facility is bringing 50 additional teaching jobs to the area and will provide quality care to more than 200 families. This will be the second Palmetto Learning Facility. Officials say they plan to have five total across the Lowcountry. Following tomorrow's important New Hampshire primaries, one Republican presidential candidate will make their way here to the Lowcountry. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley will be holding an event in North Charleston on Wednesday. She's planning to hold a first in the South rally 
at the Embassy Suites Ballroom at the Charleston Airport. This comes as South Carolina's Republican primary is quickly approaching. The rally will start at 7 p.m. with doors opening early at 5.30 p.m. Admission is free. And Haley's visit comes after her opponent, former President Donald Trump, gained support from South Carolina leaders. Governor Henry McMaster and Lieutenant Governor Pamela Yvette campaigned for Trump in New Hampshire over the weekend. They were joined by U.S. Representatives Joe Wilson, William Timmons, and Russell Fry. Senator Tim also Tim Scott also announced campaign following his endorsement of Trump on Friday. We're just days away from the first in the nation Democratic presidential primary here in South Carolina, and early voting starts today. Let's take a look at where you can cast your ballots across the Tri-County area. If you're planning to be an early voter in Dorchester County, here's what you need to know. Two polling locations will be open, the Miles Road Baptist Church and St. George Civic Center. Those addresses are there on your screen. Both will be open daily through Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. this week. And then they'll pick up with that same schedule Monday through Friday of next week. For voters in Berkeley County, here's a look at your polling locations. You can head on over to either the Berkeley County Voter Registration and Elections Office, the Hanahan Library, or the St. Stephen Library. There you'll be able to cast your ballot anytime between 8.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. today through Friday. Friday, February 2nd, but polling stations will be closed this Sunday. If you're in Charleston County, your locations are the Essex Village Church of Christ, Wando Mount Pleasant Library, or at the Charleston County Board of Voter Registrations and Election Headquarters. You are able to cast your ballot anytime between 8.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. today through Friday, February 2nd. However, polling lo- uh, stations will be closed Sunday. Anyone's eligible to vote, you just need a valid photo ID or your voter registration card. Results are expected to be available for the Democratic Party February 3rd. As for the Republican primary coming up on February 24th, you still do have a few days left to register to vote in that election. The deadline for that is this Thursday, the 25th. In South Carolina, you can pick either party's primary, but you can only vote in one or the other. A local nonprofit has just gotten a $1 million grant from the Coca-Cola Foundation to continue its efforts to provide safe water to underserved communities. Since Water Mission was founded, it's been able to serve more than 8 million people in 60 different countries, and this grant will allow them to increase its outreach. Autumn Klein joins us from outside Water Mission's global headquarters in North Charleston to tell us how that organization will be using this money. Good morning, Autumn. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. Water Mission will use this grant for a two-year project in Tanzania and Uganda. The goal for this project is to provide over 53,000 people with safe water. The organization looks at the areas that are in the most dire need of safe water access and focuses their projects there. They studied that in in most communities in Tanzania, the majority of people that are fetching water are women and girls who walk miles and spend hours collecting water for their community that is not even safe or clean to drink. For these projects, they use solar-powered water systems that put water through a treatment system based on the water quality of that area. This can be a disinfection system or even a filtration system. David Inman, the Senior Director of Global Partnerships, says that these communities are usually really proud to have these projects in their area. He says the lack of safe water impacts their lives so much, so making it more accessible to them allows the people in these areas to have more time to focus on themselves, contributing to breaking the cycle of poverty. So when we bring safe water access into their community, they don't have to spend that time each day and they can put that towards productive use, education, uh, work opportunities. So it really 
has a deep impact on on communities. If you're interested in supporting this organization, Water Mission has their annual Walk for Water event coming up in March, and registration for that is open now. Reporting live in North Charleston, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I told you that Laugh-In, hosted by Dan Rowan and Dick Martin, premiered on this date in 1968. At one point during the series run, a U.S. president actually made an appearance. Which president? It was Richard Nixon who repeated one of the show's catchphrases when he asked, Sock it to me. Celebrating birthdays this Monday, singer Steve Perry is 75. Actress Linda Blair is 65. Rapper, actor, DJ Jazzy Jeff is 59. And celebrity chef Guy Fieri is 56. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all. Powered by Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.